I've got a question about um, conducting. How, to me, my the way I've learned music, I've never been exposed to conducting. It doesn't seem well for for a musician who can read music. I feel like every musician can conduct. But maybe you're gonna prove me wrong. Tell me wrong. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also thought, <laughs> uh, you know, um, no. also writing music and improvising. I, um, I mean, I've, I've wrote some music, but very, like, very low level, and um, improvising as well a little bit, but really late. And I've hated all the. Um, solfege is that the the word yeah, in English yeah. as well? Like um, all the theory, uh, music theory, I've always hated it. Yeah. Until I started to understand how you write some music, and I thought, why now? I'm thinking, why is it not taught earlier? And same as conducting, because if you work, if you play an instrument that plays in orchestras and stuff, you you'll have a better understanding of what it is to play with others and what are the advantages. So. Yeah, that's that's a broad question, but how, yeah, how has it changed? Is it what sort of skills do you need to? Okay, to well, conduct? I mean, conductors uh, they come in a broad variety of sort of different styles of people. Let's put it yeah. that way. Um, I mean, essentially, what you've got you've got eighty people in front of you. They're all experts, mm-hmm. and you need somebody to focus that expertise into one vision, if it, as it were, of what the music is supposed to be. Yeah. So they are the chief, you know, the conductor's role is they are the chief interpreter yeah. of a piece of music. And part of their their role, obviously, they've got to be great music. I mean, they've got scores in front of them, they've got all the parts in front of them. They have to know all those parts. So that, um, you know, very simply, they're going to put the piece together, they're going to get, make sure you can hear the tunes, and you can hear the accompaniments below yeah. the tunes, and all that sort of basic side of it all. But... You know, when you come to conduct the Halle for the first rehearsal of a, of a piece, what is expected is that everybody can play the part. That's already there. That's already done. Yeah. What the conductor does is blend all those different sounds into an interpret- a single interpretation. Yeah. Otherwise, if everybody's got their own different ideas about that, how that fits, the whole ensemble doesn't work. It's a real team effort. Yeah. So, so that's, that, that, that's that approach. I mean, broadly from what you were saying in your question then, there, Mark. I mean, we are fortunate in this country. We have something called the National Plan for Music Education. Okay. Never so heard about it. what that does, uh, 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 certainly across England schools, for instance, is it provides a, a, a sort of a, a, a basic blueprint of what a child's musical um, experience should be. Yeah. So that broadly means that a child should be given the opportunity to play an instrument, mm-hmm. uh, and just as importantly as that, they should be given the opportunity to sing. Yeah to also to develop their musical skills through ensemble playing. Okay. So that's from a very, very early stage. And, and the Halley, uh, you know, our programme is very much connected to exactly that ethos. So we run a number of different schemes with all our hub partners that, that, that we work with. We've got 17 music education hub partners from Sefton to, to Nottingham via Cali Durham and Telford and Reekin and right. You know, we've, we've a big coverage of all that. But essentially what we're doing in with that is we are a key part of those, those children's education musically. So the, the National Plan has an appendix to it, which gives a whole list of different music, music from all, I mean, world music all across the whole spectrum, 
but quite a lot of orchestral music in that. Okay. So there's a real reason in England for an orchestra to be part, absolutely part of a child's music education. And we are very... You. So, for instance, we have this scheme that is called the Whole Class Ensemble Teaching Programme, okay. which in primary schools allows every child at an English primary school to, to play an instrument. And the way we work with that is we give... We provide this concert in the summer term for those children to come and celebrate their musicality and what they've learned and, and so on. So they come and play with Ali. It's literally called Come and Play with Ali. And to give you an example, how, well, you know, last summer, or summer 22, 25,000 children played with Ali. So, 25,000? Yeah, yeah. Not across, all at once. Not all at once. <laughs> across 19 countries all over. Could be. You know. yeah, yeah. So stadium. <laughs> that, that is about dropping the seeds. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you may not come back to us next week uh, to a concert, but actually we are finding, finding uh, students at the Royal Northern, Chets or wherever, who've, who've their first connection to the Halley was coming to play with them. Brilliant. You know, that's how it has to work. That progression, has, that's how it has to work. And, uh, you know, as I say, we're, we're right from the very beginning, the first musical experiences, through to the hope that our future players and our future audience are going to come out of those, the, the, those seeds we plant in those very early years. Or, or some of them, at least. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, Martin. Yeah, we're we're quite realistic about it. Yeah. Um, as I say, they're not coming back to us next, next week. But um, having been in the business 40 years, when I, I'm always in my first week as a player, somebody said to me, he said, well, when all these, uh, sort of these older people, when, they, when, they've, when they've all died off, you won't have an audience. But it, it's, it hasn't worked that way. Largely because people come to different musics at a different time in their lives. You know, we've, we've got, we can't take it for granted by any sense. You know, we've got to work at that. But, you know, we keep that process going. And I yeah. think you have to sow those seeds in the very yeah. early so, stage. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, the, the education programme is as much about audience development for the future as it is about that moment of enjoyment in the moment at that time, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's, as Steve says, you know, it is, it is making sure that people understand that an orchestra can be for them. You know, right. that, that, that we sort of demystify some of that, you know. Um, uh, you know, perhaps perception that, that, well, you know, I don't know very, very much about that, why, so therefore I can't access it. A, a big part of what we're trying to achieve as an organisation, particularly in the 21st century, is to strip all of that away. So this is for you. If you want it, it's here mm. for you. If if this moves you in any way, and 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 I think you know, as as Steve pointed out before, you know that we can show examples of um, unlikely groups responding to to the music of the Halle um, in a very positive way. Um, so therefore, you know, you know, if we if we can get two people, we think we can engage with them, and we think they'll enjoy it. So that's the that's always the mission. Kind of, you, kind of the core of what we do, really. I think. If you would like to come to Stratford, you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've some schools there. Yeah, we've we've got a few. Stratford Hall as well. All right. Well, we're in um, Gorse Hill. Okay. Yeah. School. We do a yeah. program there called Inspire, Halley Inspire, which uh, you know, a lot, there's, you know, English as second language is pretty high in the, in, in, in in Gorse Hill Primary School, but what this this project which works in f four primary schools across Greater Manchester um, in a very detailed way. It's a real partnership with the school. The school sets the curriculum. So at every term, they will come up with a theme. It could be anything. It could be the science of, uh, of irreversible change, or it mm -hmm. could be 
uh, the Egyptians or something like that. We musicalise that and we work with these children with using creative music. Great. Uh, and the connection that, that's, that, that, that is provided through the music is amazing. I mean, one of the great parts of my job is I can see these children at the beginning of that journey in the September and they're starting off and, then, and their concentration is virtually nothing, you know. Um, but by the time they get a culmination every term and how those children grow in terms of their confidence, in terms of their concentration, performing abilities, they, 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 they write poems, they set their poems to music with the Halley players and they perform these to parents. It's just brilliant to see that happen. So there's music again, as Martin been saying, you know, the power of music and how it can do Yeah, well... On, from a personal point of view, uh, I've my daughter is just getting four. She'll be four in Feb, and um, she loves singing. She always sings at home. She makes up her own lyrics as well. Okay, Holly yeah. Children's Choir yeah. opens to uh, children eight, 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 so you know. Yeah. She's okay. got a little... uh, but she's very, very shy, and I've always been worried about yeah. that shyness. But she recently had some two Christmas songs taught at a nursery and they were singing in a group and um, we thought also with uh, the, the teachers that she would be very shy so they would be worried because of singing, having to sing in front of all those uh, those adults um, but she was very good during the re rehearsals and she actually performed really really well and sang really really well and not I to dry eye in the house absolutely yeah, I'm really glad to, how, to hear that yeah. singing is happening because that's one of the biggest challenges at the moment we have there's a marked lack of singing largely because very sadly that that, that ability in schools um, has, has, has gone or, uh, in, in so many cases I mean one of the big problems we, we find is you know certainly when I was at school many moons ago you know there was a, somebody who could play the piano there was a piano in, instrument there nowadays they're not and there's too many schools True. around where there's where there's no singing. So that hesitancy and shyness extends to the staff, and you know. Absolutely. So so what? So we 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 do offer programs to help um, school teachers. Leading school choirs is is one of the programs that we we've run over the years, and and you know that that's very directly intended. Somebody that perhaps doesn't see themselves as a specialist music teacher, um, you, you know, the the voice is the great, it's the great. Um, you know, equaliser, isn't it? Everybody's yeah, got yeah. a voice um, of some sort. You know, so qualities vary from from. But but my, my I strongly believe that that everybody can be taught to sing, uh, and you just need enthusiasm and confidence and and uh, backing. Yeah, um, I always wondered. Do you will you always does can every child or every person sing in tune? If you get the right education it, or not, if, it, if you get the right It depends practice. on the age that when they're exposed to that. So, you know, you've got this amazing uh, studies that have been done, for instance, in Africa, the African village model, um, which means that uh, in, in certain of these, but you're obviously every child, every parent, every everybody sings. Yeah. Um, where that happens, uh, I mean, there's been various studies about sort of general of, of human intelligence, and music is part of that intelligence. But it needs to happen in those formative years. So early years is absolute key to get those musical processes started. Yeah. Because if it's left until basically something after the age of seven or eight, um, and there's no music in before then, that's when uh, you know the people can't necessarily sing in tune. 
So it's hard, I would say harder, but not impossible. No, I, I would agree with you, but because, the, because the I, I, gets, I think, I think you difficult. would, I think you would find people perhaps who've come to the community choir, for example, and and have not, you know, would say, "Well, I can't even hold the tune." And by the time they work with a professional, and and, and the thing about singing, like any physical activity, mm. you have to train. Yeah. So you know, it, you know, you, you don't go to a gym and expect that you can lift a hundred. You know, you KGs straight away. Straight away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, but if you work with somebody that shows you the technique and and how to breathe and and True, yeah. you know how how to imagine pitch, you know, mm. sometimes it, it's it's using different parts of your um, yeah. your brain that perhaps you, you haven't previously engaged. Yeah. You know, that it's like that, anything, though, isn't it? If you if you've done it an early early stage, yeah. it's a lot easier. But I, I would I I would back any one of our choral practitioners to get somebody in tune. Absolutely, yeah. even even you know in, in people in their you know senior years, I I I, I think they would back themselves to get them to sing in, in tune. Yeah, I, I can I can believe that the brain. I guess it's all happening in the brain. The brain is more flexible when we're younger, yeah. but yeah. it doesn't mean it's very rigid when we're yeah. older. And something that I am very keeps me motivated, but I felt really bad of having to stop playing music, doing at uni because I didn't have time, I didn't have the facilities and stuff. But then uh, I've always thought, um, I can I can practice sport now because I'm fit enough and young enough to practice it, but there will be some time when I won't be able to practice as much. But music can be played until much later. Yeah. And um, it's incredible how much you can learn. Oh, obviously, when you're a child, you learn quicker, but it's incredible how, how quickly you can learn an instrument, so I'm hopeful that later, when I will have more time, you'll be a multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, keep keep playing loads. Yeah. Um, what's your plan for Christmas? What's the hardest plans for Christmas? <laughs> Goodness me! I was talking to Martin. Martin, we've got eighteen concerts in December. Eighteen. Yeah. So those are sort of um, obviously Christmas concerts. There are some regular concerts as well. We've got. Um, re- in recent years, uh, we've started a chamber series. So mm-hmm. there's eight chamber concerts with a smaller number of players that play, perform here at, uh, at St. Halley St. Peter's. Um, and we do these, um, what we call relaxed concerts, so for specialist sort of type audiences that we're looking at people that wouldn't, wouldn't come normally necessarily to a Halley concert or, yeah. in, in a lot of cases, have been part of our audience before but now don't feel able to come. Because we, you know, we're working with dementia families, we're working with adults with learning difficulties and stroke victims and things like that. Um, so it's quite a variety of, of different concerts. Um, uh, mostly, obviously, this time of year with a with a with a, um, a, a Christmas theme involved. Um, probably the biggest concerts we do, aren't they, Martin? There, there are three: uh, the carol concerts, mm-hmm. yeah, um, where, we, where we've got all our ensembles. Yeah. Um, playing part yeah. of that bells, part. whistles, organs, absolutely choirs, it's all works. going on. Yeah, yeah. So we do those, um, and then, then we've got um, right at the end of just before Christmas, we've got this snowman concert. So the orchestra provides a live coming to the snowman film, uh, but in the first half of that, there's lots of different sort of more activity type pieces, uh, in a sense to uh, to wear the kids out, <laughs> a bit of an interval if you like, and then then they'll sit with. With their with their families 
and just watch the snowmen. So we've got that. Yeah, and that, that they, those uh, concerts feature a, a singer from the children's choir who, right. who sings the, the uh, soprano part of Walking in the Air, which yeah. you know, sort of famously yeah. known Famous. to that piece. But yeah, it's... Uh, Plenty going on. Yeah, Plenty and then outside of, outside of the Halle's activities, so, so my team, um, so a large part of the responsibilities of the Halle venues team is to, to animate the building when the Halle ensembles aren't in the building. So, okay. so um, that's kind of, I suppose, 50% of our activities are internal activities, rehearsals and, and recordings and, and small size performances. And then outside of that, as a sort of um, commercial concern, is to, is to animate the space and, and um, initially try to cover the costs of, of operating here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, hopefully in, in time, turn that into profit, which can then go back into our artistic activity. So during that period, you know, so when the orchestra aren't here, um, we do the things that venues do so so uh, in the past 24 hours we will move from having had a, a large corporate Christmas party last night to tonight um, bringing in the choir to rehearse alongside a smaller chamber sized orchestra as they prepare for the performance of Handel's Messiah at the Bridgewater Hall on Saturday so um, so it, it's yeah ever evolving so we're, we're kind of um, yeah, it, it, December is a very, very busy period yeah. for the Halle. Yeah, Always, traditionally has been, um, and and it's it, it, and financially, it's a very important time of year for us. We, we, you know, our, our box office relies upon um, a, a good Christmas to kind of, you know, uh, within our annual target, a lot of the money comes in through through the doors during the December period. I was going to ask that. Yeah. So so yeah, it's it's a very important part of. Um, you know, because you know, uh, particularly because I suppose we're able at this time of year. Um, quite a lot of our offering is has very very broad appeal, and yeah. therefore, um, you know, families engage at all generations. You know, sometimes you've got four generations of family at a concert together. Um, you know, so so therefore, um, the carol concerts that Steve referred to repeat. So we do the same show three times over two days um, mm. and, and you know fit another concert in with our youth ensembles in between that um, so yeah it's it's a, a busy period and important financially for us so one thing I forgot to say is the um, the society is a charity that's correct yeah and I've I've got a question what do you what does how does uh, well the charity affect the organisation side? And well, okay. if you, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, significantly. Benef- yeah. Yeah. benefits and what what are the advantages? What are the uh, disadvantages? And also a question I'm just thinking now: What would you do differently if you were not a charity? Well, I mean, I think our charitable status is is incredibly important. I mean, crucially, I, I suppose in the UK we always use the word charity elsewhere in the world they might use the word they might describe it as a not-for-profit yeah. and I think that's kind of the, an important distinction so so um, you know I, I've worked for most of my career in, in what would be described as the third sector for, for not-for-profit organisations I've worked for care charities I've worked for mental health charities yeah. uh, and now I work for a charity that's based in the arts um, and I think the, the key to all of those organizations is that you are providing something of service to the communities in which you work Mm -hmm. and the Halle is no different to a cancer care charity in in some ways in that way what we're trying to do is is make people's lives better through our 
fundamental existence. Um, so the, the, the structure of the organisation is that our funding comes from a variety of activities. So we receive some central and local government grants mm -hmm. um, by the Arts Council through the Great Manchester Combined Authority and through Manchester City Council. So we, we receive money and, and, and those monies are given in uh, following, you know, we have to apply for those monies and those applications contain criteria of what we will do on receipt of those monies to, to mm -hmm. fulfil kind of a, a contract, if you like, with the with the funders. So in, in Greater Manchester, we have you know a certain set of criteria in terms of where we will work and how we will work and who we will try to reach. That's the same with the Arts Council funding, which is the sort of the the central government and and Manchester City Council. Obviously, that's very specific to our activity within the city of Manchester um, and and our residency at the the Bridgewater Hall that that, that particularly supports that that area of our work. Um, Outside of the, those sort of grants, if you like, we then obviously we generate income through box office and, mm -hmm. and, and ticket sales um, as a as a concert promoter, uh, and then uh, in addition to that, the orchestra exists as a sort of a uh, a band for hire, if you like, mm -hmm. and, and we go to other concert venues and other places where where we are engaged to play there, and we receive a fee mm -hmm. for playing there. Um, we working um broadcast and and recording so so fees coming from from those activities some more lucrative than others um and then in addition to that we then have a, a fundraising need and and um we have a brilliant development team um development is the word that the that the arts use when they really need fundraising um uh, but i i understand why but having worked in in other charitable areas i i think fundraising is a much better uh, expression because it says exactly what it is that you're trying to do and it yeah. leaves people in no doubt that you need to raise funds so the organization um yeah it's, it, it's probably more than a seven figure sum now that, that we bring in through through fundraising activities yeah alone um uh, and and that splits down to money that we receive from companies through sponsorship and and that's very often some form of transactional relationship they give a bit and they they receive something back whether it's branding whether it's association whether it's uh, activity what we like to do with our, our um, sponsors is to make those relationships interesting mm. it's not just so you know, we talked it, about Siemens we talked about it's been a broad, really you know, fascinating yeah. development I, I mean the way that for instance the education role has, be, has got more involved in this connection particularly with the corporates yep. um, you know it used to be in, in years gone by it was uh, you know, corporates bringing clients to concerts and all that sort of thing. That doesn't really happen much now. Um, but one of the joys of my job is the way that, you know, we've developed really, as Martin referred to there, is those really in-depth relationships um, with with our sponsors. So, for instance, our, uh, our principal sponsor, just to say that's at PZ Cousins, um, one of the things that we do every, every for all our schools' concerts in the spring, the Pally for Youth concerts, every child gets a scratch and sniff card that's produced by a, uh, by a, the fragrance team at PZ Cousins. They work with me in terms of the choice of the music. So there's, there's, there's a scratch and sniff card that represents that for three pieces of music in a concert and there's a fragrance that's designed to go with that piece of music. I don't know another orchestra in the world that does anything quite so wacky as that. <laughs> but it means if you come to the Halley, it's a multi-sensory experience. So, you know, we have screens with all the stuff on, uh, bits of the music and all that sort of thing. 
there. Um, you've got the orchestra to listen to, and then you actually smell it as well. Brilliant. So that has come purely through this relationship, which, you know, as I say, gone at the time where a sponsor might say, well, we like what you're doing, here's a few quid, carry on doing what you do. Yeah. Mm. Now it's more relationship. Yeah, and, and, you know, workforce engagement, and, and you know, so, so sometimes it's about staff reward or you know we talked earlier about well-being you know staff being given the opportunity to come uh, much less as a sort of corporate entertainment thing but like yeah. a, you know a well-being thing is, is probably and and yeah you know we work with you know the our one of our longest standing supporters uh, brother they've been involved in all sorts of elements of, of our work so we, we do a, a Steve's team do a, a brilliant scheme called Halle Empresarios which provides um, it's usually secondary school children the opportunity to um imagine the life of being a content promoter for a day and and so they they work in the business world but they they see the business world from our perspective of yeah. you know okay we're going to put a concept what are the things that you have to think about to do that what might go wrong and, and during the course of the day um steve and his team have come up with some flashcards which eventually you know they think everything's going fine and then but it isn't. we drop it in because oh your soloist has just called and they can't get on their flight from such and such to you know to to get to you in time for the concert what are you going to do so it's about that kind of developmental thought of of you know um planning and then replanning and then replanning which is a large part of what the you know the Halley does on a day-to-day basis you know sort of being adaptable have a plan but then is your plan adaptable enough? Will it survive, um, you know, uh, a curveball? Um, so, brother, brother, judge that. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, we, we sort of, there's a small prize for the, for the winning group, but the brother sort of do like a dragon's den with that. So they're questioning, why have you chuck your ticket prices at that price? Why, why do you think you're going to, you know, so they really question the students as to how they go on that. And so, they have to pr- so promote it's, that. It's that, yeah, it's that sort of blend between, you know, Music and economics, I suppose. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. kind of business studies. Is and with, kind of with Siemens, important. they've got a graduate engineer um, scheme. Um, so we we get heavily involved in that. So, for instance, we've got a dementia program over at Pendine Care Homes in Wrexham, mm-hmm. and those engineers have been developing uh, a wristband, a musical wristband, that basically means that somebody can shake their hand and play a shaker, or they can play a drum, or they can play a tune by just lifting up their hand and so on which means that so many more of them can actually take part in the creative side of the workshop. Yeah. That's come through that relationship. Yeah. So it directly addresses the limitations that some people may have and, and tries yeah. to engage and, and include, and I think that's a big yeah. part of what we're... we're so you those know. those, those yeah. relationships now with those organisations... So that, that's brilliant. kind of the business side of, of how our funding works. And then the world, you know, within the charitable sector, there are number of trusts and foundations who exist to, to assist with charitable activities. So part of the team, their job is to go out and match the trust with the activity and, and Steve's team. And the, um, the ensemble's team often, um, you know, will engage in that. They, they kind of perhaps enable, they can provide funding to enable us to do things that we might not ordinarily yeah. do. Actually, we've, we've just recently had, um, from an environmental perspective, we've just recently had a success, which meant that we've been able to, we will be able to add some solar power to the building that we're, we're currently in, which um, we weren't originally able to afford. Um, so, so you know that that that's helped us in that way and makes us more sustainable financially and and environmentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the the Trust Foundations is a kind of a, a key part of, of any arts organisation sort of set up, and, and we're we're very fortunate that we have a number of trusts who've been incredibly generous over the years to us. 
Uh, and then the final part of that, and, and this is where I came into the organisation when I first came in, the Halle, we talked about Halle family. Um, so we, we've talked about the membership of the organisation and they are people who, who pay a membership fee and are associated with the organisation. But outside of the membership scheme, we have a, a patron programme and that, that has many hundreds of people in it. Probably, I, I would say, at its broadest approaching a thousand people who give in some way every month or or every year they give a, a gift over and above what they give through the attending concerts you, you know the the most important people way in which people can engage with this is always coming to concerts buying tickets that, that's you know we want to see people in the concert hall but for people that perhaps live a bit further away and and aren't as able to get to manchester but still want to support the halle they, they will they will send us gifts so, so there's a patron program or a, a chair endowment scheme chair endowment can, is good isn't where it, they yeah. can can associate yeah. with the organization and feel a bit closer and and those those people are able to uh, depending on on when and how they give access certain um i suppose behind the scenes elements um uh, in return for their support you know that we're able to kind of bring them a bit closer um to the to the organization um so and they're they're kind of critical parts of our funding you know that the, um the halle at the end of the 20th century found itself in in financial trouble um and critical to its its uh sort of continuation was the fact that the public at that time responded and sent money yeah you know, bailed us out you know, um, and um, we don't take that um, that support for granted at all. You know, we, we we're very very appreciative still to this day of, of what they did for us at that time. So, um, and and what has happened from that is that that you have a group of people who continue to give in a committed way, um, and and that underpins that enables the Halley to go and do some things that perhaps. From a, you asked the question about what would be the difference between yep. you being, um, a, you know, a commercial entity and, and doing. If we only did things for profit, there would be a lot of things that we we do that we wouldn't be able to do. It, it, that that element of philanthropic support and and um, uh, I suppose benevolence from from the the audience and and our public funders and and. Mm. Uh, corporate supporters it gives us that it gives us the opportunities to do things that perhaps on paper commercially don't make sense yeah but artistically are absolutely vital and and i think that's the you know that's that's you know sub, art subsidies are a long topic and we probably haven't got mm. enough time to to talk about you know the uk's response to to you know the uk's model is a different model to the us's model and it's a different model to europe's model uh I don't know, you know, there are, somewhere in between is the right version of that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there are, there are orchestras in, in the major cities in Europe that are, are completely subsidised. Yeah. And, and ticket prices are, are, you know, cheap and, and that enables people to access art. Now, you know, you would say, sitting where we sit, that's the perfect model. Um, you know, there may be opposing views in those countries, I don't know. But, um, but, you know, so we 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 manage. It's a large organisation that we sort of talked about. You know, the, the the turnover. I think the last sort of eight nine million is is sort of the turnover of the organisation. So, so it's not an inconsiderable um, enterprise. Mm -hmm. But you know, so if we get to the end of the year and there's money left in the pot, then that money gets used for for 
quality projects an artistic program or education and outreach work um you know and and it's a we're backed up um the the society's backed up by a, a board of trustees um, well, they have oversight, I suppose, and, and then they work with the, the executive and the senior management team, and um, who, who, you know, deliver on a day-to-day, week-to-week, yeah. month-to-month basis, um, uh, and and set our strategic challenges and and, and targets, and um, yeah, so so you know, the governance of the organisation I think works very well. You know, we, we have a, a group of people that scrutinise what we do, and then allow us through that scrutiny to then get on and, and deliver the work so it, it's yeah I I think it's yeah I don't know that I would change the model no I, I wouldn't I, I totally agree for a hundred and you know since since 1899 since Halle died since the man but you know the man that formed it and you know this model's been a, a version of this has, has been the way that we've operated and I think it makes sense I think it, it stacks up you know something we must be doing something right we're still here you know yeah, yeah. And there's lots of commercial entities who who haven't lasted that long and, and right. wouldn't last that long so um but yeah but we always come back to that you know you can, that you can, sense you of you can always do better but yeah yeah it's yeah it's doing well it's yeah. doing pretty well from yeah yeah the, the health of the organization is something that we check all the time yeah. absolutely that. all the time you know no are we are we true to our mission are we true to the vision of the, you know, the original vision of the organisation? Is that is that still in our, in our sites? You know, are we delivering for the people that we're supposed to serve? You know, we, mm. we we talk about that a lot, and are and increasingly we're talking about are we reaching, you know, as as society around us has evolved, are we reaching everybody that we can reach? And I think that's the challenge for a twenty first century organisation, is to be relevant in a in a ever evolving society. Uh, you know, are are we representative of the city that we work in? Um, do we reflect the city that we work in? When the city changes, how quickly can we change to reflect that? So, so you know, relevance and and diversity, I think, is a, a really important parts of the future. Totally the top of our agenda. Yeah. In the way that works, um, and how, I mean, the Halley's shown as Martin referred to. You know, we've been adaptable. Yep. You know, all the way that's coming, in. and uh, I think the. The basic sort of programs and the ideas are there for the next stage. And you know, I've, I've mentioned before the, the more flexible on, ensemble, uh, an ensemble that's going to get more out into the community in terms in in various different forms. Yeah. Um, uh, for instance, the other day we did a we did a relaxed concert um, uh, in, in Stadium Bridge as part of the the uh, 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 celebrations with Stadium Bridge as, as the Greater Manchester Combined Authority Town of Culture. And the the feedback and the and the response we got was amazing, so that's you know something we've learned from that, and we're gonna we are, we'll continue to do that. You know, in terms. you can't get an eighty piece orchestra in in so many places in in Graham yeah. but a smaller group. Yeah, sometimes can. they have to come to us. Absolutely, Just, that. Yeah. there's a bit. There's of a reason here. concert halls exist. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. true. But yeah. there's there's also a great benefit to getting our musicians. Out there, I mean, uh, Samark Elder would, ask, would would argue the same thing as I would on this, and that is, keeping the musicians fresh um, is really important part of the way we work with them. So, uh, I, you know, I found when I was a player, um, I used to call it "Oh no, not Beethoven Five Syndrome." Yeah, it's great music, but we've done it eight times this week, and I don't really want to play it again. So, there's got to be more to an orchestra musician's life mm. uh, in terms of how you develop that. And the education programme and 
the opportunity to, to be, come here with you know with Martin and his team to to play the chamber concerts and relaxed concerts, all these different forms of working out in the schools keeps those musicians fresh.